Hey friends, this is Rob and welcome to question number 81. Do you give it a shot? I just said the name of the title of this episode and Sarah's sitting here at the table in front of me and you had like a massive jolt as, started, as soon as I started talking. Well, when you have your announcer voice on, it's so loud. Hey, friends. <laughs> Ooh, aggressive. Hey, hey uh, friends. Hey, friends. <laughs> oh, the cats hate it. No, we scared the cats. I'm just going to get straight to the point. There are a shitload of you right now and I know this for a fact because of the conversations I've had with people writing in the podcast and sharing where you're at in life. There are a, there's nothing less than a shitload of you out there right now in the time, in a time of transition. The past couple of years, do you want to actually just, you should just pour us some Irish whiskey as I go on this ramble. This makes me feel like it's going to be long. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, maybe it won't be long, but here's the deal. So many of us find ourselves in season of transition right now. This, the past couple of years has been an absolute turd. Okay. <laughs> I got so distracted by that face. That you just made right now. We're all in this time of transition. Here's the deal. You you haven't, maybe you are sitting here and you have an idea in your head of something to do. Maybe it is you're finally gonna record that album. Maybe it's you're finally gonna start this business. Maybe you start you finally are gonna like uh like research what it's like to get a grant from the state and to fund that new endeavor, whatever it is, you need to give your ideas a shot. The world needs you to act on your ideas. Life exists in that intersection between really beautiful and really hard. And I believe that if you have anything within you to act on your ideas, it tilts the scales in the universe just a little bit closer to the beautiful side of things. Stay on the bright side of life. <laughs> I think it's important to, maybe I'm being too practical, but to reframe things as almost more like take the shot, meaning take the first step in whatever that thing is that you've been sitting on that you're afraid to do. Do the first thing. Is that buying a domain name like a website? Do the first thing. Do the first thing. Where do you live? In the city. Do you have a house? Apartment. On a rent? Rent. What do you do for a living? Lots of things. Where's your office? Don't have one. How come? It's a long story. Do you have kids? No, I don't. How come? What's your record for consecutive questions asked? 38. What are you asking? <laughs> talking to me? Who are you? Pop quiz, hot shot. You expect me to talk? Okay, let's try something different. I am going to intro. Oh, this already feels like it's going to be so long-winded. <laughs> I'm going I'm going to do my podcast intro while at the same time you are going to describe what is on the table in front of us. Okay, you want me to describe what's on the so, table? Since you apparently just you want to speed through this and we don't have a lot of time and I sound long-winded, let's just get through it. So <laughs> I will I'll I'll read I'll I'll do my podcast intro like normal. And while I'm doing that, you describe what's on the table oh, over you. Over me. I will pan you hard left. You've taken if, several minutes just to frame this bit. Take it away. I'm ready. So if so people want to listen to you, they will they'll listen and, on the and left. And next to it right, is... For those of you joining us for the first time, my name's Rob. All right, let's drink this. <laughs> All right, how are you going to start this? What's happening? What's well, this drink? Sarah's apparently in a rush 
to get this intro recorded. So let's dive right into it. For those of you joining us for the very first time, my name's Rob Morgan. And for the past decade, I've been traveling the world as a bassist and music director. And this is my podcast where I sit down over drinks on location with intriguing people I've met to try and get past what it is they do to find out who they are, why they do it, and what I can learn from them. I'm joined, as always, by my wife, Sarah. Marriage is what brings us together today. <laughs> we need to get to pouring, because usually on these intros, we drink a Guinness. Yep. Which I have. Okay, usually on the intros of this podcast, uh, we drink a Guinness together. But this time, in front of us on the table, here, allow me to pour you. We've got um, a vintage two gingers from circa 2012. Yes. Irish whiskey. And then next to it, we have a bottle of Red Locks, which is a new to the market production. And it's a delight. If you're from the Twin Cities and you have gone to any Irish pub, you're familiar with any of them, you have probably heard the name Kieran. Well, I mean, there's literally Kieran's Irish pub downtown. Uh, and he opened the local and the Cooper, Liffey. the Liffey in St. Paul, Cooper's, uh, which is now called, oh, Strider is attacking the recording device. If there's wrestling in the background, we've we've kicked Strider or Cat off of the table so we can record this uh, conversation and not feel like just complete scumbags with a cat walking around the whiskey. And now he has made his way to a box, a box, and everything else. Here's the deal. Let me paint a picture where this podcast come from. Come where this podcast. Where did pumpkin come from? Where did pumpkin come from? This is where this podcast comes comes from. See, I can't even say it now. All right, this is where this podcast. Here's the inspiration here's for the, this podcast. Here's the inspiration. No, this podcast is almost exactly ten years in the making. We're recording this. It's the end of April right now. 10 years ago to this date, we had just gotten engaged and we were going to get married the coming October. You and I are here living in Minneapolis and we get our engagement photos taken. We're So we're like in that time where, okay, we're like planning the wedding. What's it going to look like? Where are we going to have it? What are we going to do there? Let's get some engagement photos. We, did. we get some engagement photos in a couple of different spots in the cities. The main like section of a bunch of the engagement photos we took was at the local in downtown Minneapolis. How would you describe the local? If someone couldn't, if someone, if, if, if a listener had to just close their eyes for a second, cast your mind to yeah, downtown gross. Minneapolis and picture the local. I would can say, can you talk like this a little bit more? I would say the local. Okay. You um, <laughs> I would say the local is this unique mixture of large and grand. The space is very large. There's two floors. Um, but also filled with this dark, intimate decor and little nooks and rooms and crevices that you can go in. Um, so it's just this perfect mix of a large space that holds a lot of people, but super cozy and inviting. Just to the right, do you remember that room that there's a ton of glass on the walls and it's um, it's like a booth area, but in the middle were taps that you'd pour your own. Oh, yeah. Pints. We never got to do that. We never did because Minneapolis and their freaking liquor laws in the city are it just insane. Is that what put the kibosh on it? I think Minneapolis liquor laws are actually the reason why this whole conversation came about. Hmm. One of the l rules is you cannot own a bar and own a distillery. 
at the same time. There's something behind that. Like you can't either you can't like sell your own whiskey at your bar. I think it had to do with ownership. I think so. So we had to choose one or the other. So he runs with it. It was pretty successful. We got these engagement photos from the local. Big Gingers is like the big thing to drink in the Twin Cities. It's distilled in Ireland. Distilled in Ireland, but it was very much like a Minneapolis Irish whiskey, very connected with the Twin Cities. It sounds goofy right now saying like, yeah, two Gingers sponsored our wedding. One of us had the idea. What if at our weddings, like we're going to have beer, wine, and uh, other drinks? Like what what if we like set up a two Gingers, big Ginger stand? So like you could have whiskey and everybody could make their own uh, whiskey gingers right there. It's like, I wonder if uh, two gingers would be willing to give us, I don't know, like a sign or some stickers or coasters or something like that to make it apart. We'll get the whiskey and then just make this happen. So I hit him up. I told him about this situation and they said, this sounds amazing. Let us talk to our owner, Kieran, and we'll get back to you. The next day they got back to us and they said, he loves the idea. Swing by the offices and we've got something for you. And they had seven bottles of whiskey for us. No, it was seven regular size bottles. And then they give us this one larger, one liter bottle. Uh, and it was signed by Kieran. So Slancha, Kieran right here on it. My idea was that we'd save this one and that once a year on our anniversary, we would open this up and take a drink from him. From him? From the bottle, from who is a Kier- male. From Kieran from himself. The bo- from the bottle who we've named Kieran, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to that idea? I accidentally opened it. When? Unknown. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I, probably, I don't think I expressed uh, the, the idea behind this, but I, I came home and this bottle was opened prematurely. Well, I was reaching for one of the other ones to make us a cocktail and I grabbed that one and twisted it and I was like, oh no, this feels like a big bottle. And then you found out. It was the special one. And then what'd you do? Put it away. You drank from it. (laughs) (laughs) So that is how Kieran and Two Gingers Whiskey. Came into our home. Came into our home. I became super fascinated with this Red Locks Irish whiskey. Uh, Kieran set out, unlike Two Gingers, which the idea behind that was to be a mixer. You had the Two Gingers, the big ginger cocktail. Red Locks, you can sip it neat. It's killer. Where do we try it first? You know where we tried it? We were at Morrissey's. I think we were- Oh, you're right. We went there for like a late lunch. We heard it was released. We asked the bartender, hey, have you tried the new um, Kieran's whiskey? She's like, yeah, it's actually really good. You want to try some? Instantly loved it. I'm not just saying that because I'm recording a podcast. But what I really became enamored by was their motto, giving it a shot. Here's some stuff it says on the back that I like. And this is the back. Sarah just poured Mm -hmm. some Red Locks Irish whiskey. Uh, from Kieran and the crew. So it says, fair warning. A drop of red locks might awaken your creative roots and reveal an idea that's been buried in your mind. Consider the ripple effects of this drop on our shared world. Can we afford to let you keep your idea buried when the pour is through? Foliard and Sweeney will share their founder's blend on the condition that you enjoy and give your idea a shot. Yes. I like that. I really connect with that. I became super fascinated with this Red Locks Irish whiskey. What I really became enamored by was their motto, giving it a shot. Uh, But it's also, even as Kieran talks about in this, it's more than this. He wants this to be uh, a company who inspires and helps other people give their ideas a shot. Like so many things on this podcast. It's not that I'm just fascinated by the what it is. But the who's behind it. Why are they doing what they're doing? Join us as we sat down over a proper glass of Red Locks Irish whiskey. I gave this conversation a shot. I shouldn't have said it. I said it. I went too far. 
I said it too many times. I've said too much. Shots fired. Okay, so your name came up for me because I moved up to Minneapolis from Nebraska to study music back in like 2004. And I get up here and I'm instantly familiar with like the local Kieran's, all the things that you've had your hands in. Uh, but then all of a sudden I start, I started this podcast and I start having conversations with people and your name keeps coming up <laughs> with people in different areas where like, Oh, yeah. Have you talked to Kieran yet? I, yeah, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing without uh, Kieran's <laughs> advice and help. And so ju- it just like, kept coming up. A guy named Scott Dillon, oh, yeah. who was on the podcast, and he did a company called, and they're called Twisted Shrub. Yeah. And he's like, oh, man, you guys got to chat together. Every successful person I know or that's doing things, creating things still, your time is a scarcity. You're like, your most valuable resource is your time that you give away during the day. But you seem to like prioritize sitting down with people to like mentor them. Is that like a big priority? I I don't really go out to seek it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But if it comes, passes by my door, so to speak, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm very open to it. Yeah. um, Because there are so many people that have supported me along the journey. Yeah. uh, You know, all the way through, even up to this day. But of course, I also um, will have to uh, admit that there's also um, some self-serving aspects (laughs) to it. And that is that, you know, you continue to stay engaged and uh, continue to be fueled, uh, your curiosity, your creativity uh, by the young people that are coming up and their energy, their passion, their wide-eyed look at the world and their commitment to the projects they're working on. And so that's equally as... uh, uh, as, as so it's as beneficial to me, maybe mm-hmm. even more so than it is to them. It's a win-win, which has been one of our key values yeah. from day one. As for key values for something like Redlocks or for food building? Yeah, or, just or in just life you, in general. In your life yeah, in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just the surrounding win-win. yourself. Well, just the win-win that every, oh, whoever yeah. is involved in whatever, the conversation, the business, the community, etc. I mean, if somebody's losing, then it's not the right. It's, it's the, yes. It, it's got to be a win for everybody. Man, that's so funny you say it because I've... Maybe, I don't know, it just, I, maybe it is the norm with, maybe it's just dependent on the person, but at least in music, I've experienced the opposite of that so much. There's such a natural, natural tendency for competition in whatever field you're in, like a view of, taking my jacket off here, like a view for, like a scarcity mindset. Like whether for me as a bass player to think, uh, I see another bass player friend of mine get a gig, and then in my mind, I go, well, that's one less gig for me. And I can totally, I'm assuming, I'm just projecting, but I can see that happening in the restaurant and the food world, too, where it's like, oh, man, if you're doing well with your, like, whiskey, then that's, like, one less person to be drinking my whiskey. Yeah, oh, I view competition as, and I've told people that I've worked with over all of the years, I say, spend 5% of your time yeah. keeping an eye on what is going on out in the marketplace from a competitive standpoint, but also from general, uh, you know, what are the trends? What are the movements? What are the cultural uh, deep-rooted changes that yeah. are beginning to get seeded in the market in, out in the world? Uh, and then spend 95% of your time competing with yourself. 
You know, raising your own bar, challenging yourself to, mm. you know, uh, are uh, can we improve upon this? Yeah. Can we make it a better whatever work environment, a better product, a better a better uh, contribution that helps to make a positive change out there in the community? Yeah, yeah. I, I hear that now. I say, like, I realize I totally agree with that, and it just makes sense to only be competitive with yourself. Have you just always had that mindset, or was there like a season of life? that made you realize I'm done trying to compete with other people. A t- the tide comes in and it rises all boats is something I've been thinking about. Well, well of course it rises all boats, except, except, except what? those with a leak. <laughs> <laughs> and I did kind of come up with that one myself. I've never heard that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's Rising so good. Tide. Uh, but then, of course, make sure that you don't have any leaks in your own boat, <laughs> I oh, guess. Yeah. Uh, no, I would say, um, I don't know if so much of its competitiveness as opposed to there's maybe a touch of jealousies or different things or, yes. you know, the idea of, uh, I mean, I, I still remember, um, you know, uh, growing up and the feelings that I had around being put down. And, uh, you know, I came across a really interesting interview. It was on NPR, and this is probably, well, it's over, it, it might almost be 30 years ago. Uh, and I've been here now 35 years in, okay. a, in April of uh, this year, of 2022. And I was told in my sixth class, which is the, the, the exam you take in sixth class in Ireland, it's called primary cert exam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everybody in the country at sixth grade, and then you go on to the equivalent of junior high, high school, if you pass the exam. And uh, singing was one of the competitions. And I was told uh, to sit down after I started singing. And yeah. he gave me an F. Now, I did okay in all the other things, so I got <laughs> yeah. to go to secondary school. <laughs> and, I was allowed to go on. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I was here in Minnesota, and I was driving on 94 over to St. Paul from Minneapolis, and I had NPR on, and it was 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and there was a woman, a professor from the University of Minnesota on, and she had done her thesis on the notion of tone deafness. Oh. And uh, she said, clinically, it doesn't exist. You're mm-hmm. Somewhere on the continuum, just like athleticism, etc. You know, you may not be Pavarotti or you may not be Tom Brady or whatever yes. else it is, but you can still walk, run, or whatever it is, and you can still carry a tune. You yeah. can be trained to yeah. carry a tune, the tone deafness. And I thought, boy, the bastards. <laughs> and they gave me an F and, uh, <laughs> for a second. And, but that idea of it seated with me, and it was really something that uh, that really, I think, to some degree, kind of gave me a, a level of resentment about one authority, uh, two about uh, the the bully side of, of what exists in our society, and three, it gave me a sense of the idea that anybody would be on a pedestal. So I came up with a, this feeling, this notion, and I would say it. Never put anybody on a pedestal, but make sure you start with yourself. <laughs> and so this idea of, well, why wouldn't you want to encourage people and support people? Yes. I mean, we're all here for a short time. It's a yeah. short journey, yeah. right? Somebody wants to do something, learn to play the guitar, climb a mountain, jump in a lake, start a business, start a nonprofit, 
It, it doesn't matter. Whatever it is that yeah. they wanted to write a story. Who cares whether it's good, bad, indifferent? You start, you make a start, you encourage people. You never yeah. know what comes out of that. So the general idea of supporting people uh, to have greater self-belief or to make th that bit of a jump. And that is the heart and the goal of the brand Redlocks Irish yeah. Whiskey is I felt there was an opportunity to, to come out with a brand. Now, giving it a shot, which is the tag as obviously a play on words, uh, yeah, yeah. it is about the idea of that the, you act on your idea, the emotional benefits of doing that mm -hmm. far exceed the fear of actually acting on your idea. Yes. And so you never know what the hell happens, you know? Do you feel like you, you approach this thought of giving it a shot? Do you feel like you approach it more on the side of um, because you've had a certain amount of wins and you've tried things out that have worked out? Oh, and so that encourages you to uh, it, to try other things because you know things have worked out for you in the past. Or is the other way where you've tried things out, you feel like more uh, where they things have failed and you realized, oh, that actually wasn't as devastating as I thought it was. So many things that have failed. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> I have. I, I don't just say that. I mean, I, I mean it. I can. I could go through a litany of things from when I was young of things uh, that did not work out. But ultimately, you also figure out, you know, you're still alive. Yeah. Uh, you know, most things are problems that have, that just need a solution. Yes. It could be small things or it could be large things. But yeah. they're both the same because they yeah. both need a solution, yeah, yeah. a problem to be, to be solved. And none of them was, I mean, the emotional hit that you might take on a failure. I never worried about any of those as it related to how I felt about myself. You know, I was happy enough with who I was. And so it wasn't about that. Oh. It was just about, oh shit, I should have, um, I should have thought more about that. I should have uh, maybe researched it a little bit more. I should have taken a, maybe a touch more time or, oh, I should have talked to more people. And it's the things that you'd look back and you say, oh, I might have been impulsive. I might have been whatever. About yeah. Those things, you know, I might be a bit frustrated with, but yeah. I was never like, I was never like, oh, down on myself necessarily, yes. you know? Oh man, see, that is, that is the complete opposite of my uh, journey because, <laughs> at least for me in music, I, I I put I identified with what I was doing the project. So if something if I wasn't successful, if I wasn't getting gigs, if stuff wasn't working out, I internalized it and I went, "Oh, it's not just all that that life happens. This is what happens. Things don't work out. I gave it a shot." For me, I was like, oh, I'm not good enough. There's something wrong with me. I'm a failure. Instead of like, okay, this thing isn't working out like I thought it was. I always personified it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is a reflection of me and my ability. Uh, yeah, I never looked at, at any of them as a failure. I did look at many of them as, I'm a complete idiot. <laughs> or as we say yeah, in Ireland, I'm yeah. in Egypt. Egypt I'm in yes. Egypt. Oh, I oh, felt yeah. like I'm in Egypt many, many times, but I never took that too personally. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's move on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, because I am a complete idiot on, a lot, on so many fronts, even to this day. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. The majority of my stuff in life, my any success that I've had, is purely a willingness to put myself out there and a willingness to try it. And like in a live setting musically, like, 
I'm going to go and like try to play this thing. I might fall on my face and I might totally blow it up and play a wrong note or something. But the willingness to keep doing that, it sounds like you relate with that. Like, all right, yeah. I'm just going to uh, put myself back out there. Yeah. I used to get nervous on stage doing recitations yeah. and things when I was young. And I still remember... Uh, and I don't know exactly, I mean, that was a nervousness. Was that about, um, oh, I don't want to look like a complete idiot up here or whatever else it was. But so there was something that was creating that nervousness. And I still remember I took from my calf up to above my knee and I used to strap them tight because when I was on stage one time, my knee was shaking like oh, a yes, leaf and yes. I thought it was going to fall down. <laughs> yes, and oh, so yeah. I, 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 I strapped, so strapped it up, them up so that it was just rock straight. So oh. I was either going to fall over or but it wasn't going to be shaking. <laughs> oh. Yes. Yeah. Oh, they're like, I'm doing this. Yeah. I'm this. Oh my gosh. It sounds like, at least from the outside, your approach to so many things like red lights, the food building, it's like, all right, I'm going to figure it out. That if I don't, the things I don't know, I'm going to strap my legs, uh, strap my knees tight, and we're oh. going to just like give this a shot and go for it. Oh, I never thought about it. Do you feel it relates like that? back to that. I haven't even mentioned that. I may not have mentioned about strapping my knees. Uh, or I suppose below my knee to the top of my knee so my yeah. knee didn't shake. I probably haven't brought that up in so it could be 40 years. Oh, yeah. Seriously. There was a, f a few things I was, I was really most curious about just how you view having ideas and giving a shot. And then the other side is while you're in the middle of it, almost like the the grit and fortitude to continue going. I still remember when my kids were young, I read a piece about, oh, if you want your kids to value reading, let yeah. them see you read. Don't just read to them. Let them see you read. And that really stuck with me. And this is, I mean, this is almost 40 years ago. Yeah. But uh, I feel that exact same way about Red Light. So if it is about encouraging and motivating and yeah. help supporting people acting on their ideas, then I better see myself doing that. Now, I've done that. I've yeah, yeah. tried to do that. Yeah. I'm always open and so forth. But how do you create that ripple effect? Because the ripple effect is, you know, you do something positive for yourself. It either affects directly your family, yeah. your friends, your colleagues, yeah. your community. So what you're doing, it's, so, it's going to have a ripple. It's going to have an effect on somebody. It's going to motivate in a yeah. positive way somebody. Man, I... Even thought you, you're talking about like the ripple effects of it. I, my mind goes to the need to define what would success look like in this. Like if I start this out, how would I measure my success in it and defining like the impact it has on people? And I was just having a conversation with someone. I was doing kind of like a podcast mentoring to someone a couple of days yeah. ago. And I was saying, man, when people are starting out with the podcast, they think, it's either going to be all or nothing. It has to be this big thing that changes everything, the most yeah. successful top of iTunes. I told them, you may never realize the impact it has had on people. You may, it, the impact you create in this could be just purely internal and change you as a person for the better. But there's going to be some positive impact that you can't see right now coming out of this. Right. And so my, I'm curious, like with the Redlocks thing, like COVID hit, 
had you already had the had like started on the oh, red yeah, lax yeah, idea? Yeah. Was that already rolling, or did yeah, it come well, out of that? Yeah, and mentally, yes, it was. Yeah, I suppose it'd be time to pour a little bit of it if you keep saying hey, the I'm name well, of it because. Uh, well, if you are, uh, well, I look on. Uh, I look on. I mean, success. I mean, I don't really. I, I have no idea. Honestly, I mean this truly. Uh, how to define it? The best definition of success for me is, you know, the old story where somebody says, you know, I had a teacher who encouraged me, who saw me, encouraged me growing up. One person says that about one teacher. That to me, that's success. End of story. How much, how much weight do you put on enjoying the process of d- doing it? So, oh, it's torturous. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, is it, it is torturous. Is it? Oh, yeah. Oh, it is torturous. It's not digging ditches, which I did as a kid growing up, but it is torturous. Uh, it's more, well, I honestly, to be quite honest with you, I think uh, my mother was ambidextrous. Uh, she oh. was a very creative person. <laughs> she took care of her parents until they passed away when she was 39. And then she married my father, who was 42. And he didn't get married to my mother until his parents died. And really? Had two was firms. that his first marriage to oh, your yeah, mother? Yeah, yeah. At 42? 42. My mother was 39, her yeah. first marriage. And they took care of yeah. their parents yeah. on two small farms, half a mile from each other yeah. in County May on the west yeah. of Ireland. <clears throat> and they had me, they had my sister, God rest her, she passed away five years ago from ovarian cancer uh, as she was about to retire. And uh, that was really, that was hard. That was a very difficult period. But her husband now and my niece and nephew who are back in Ireland, are, I'm very close to, and I was very close to her as well. But my mother was very creative and uh, she never left Ireland. She was never on a boat or a plane in her life. And she yeah. lived to be 80, uh, 86 and she died of an aneurysm. And there's a great story around that as well and the funeral afterwards but that's a battle for a a story for a different day Um, but the thing that I really uh, appreciated uh, about her was her curiosity her literary uh, sensibilities and appreciation for the arts and creativity rubbed off and I think I'm, you know, people say, oh, you're a very good, you're a business person and so forth. I'm the probably, and I mean this sincerely, I am probably the worst business person that I know. I'm probably more of an artist than and a frustrated poor artist. So I'm stuck. Uh, yeah. I'm stuck in the middle. I'm like this amidextrous, yeah. neither left-handed or right-handed, I'm neither business nor arts, but I'm stuck somewhere in the middle. And, you know, it's interesting to me. I'd love to be able to dissect it or talk to somebody <laughs> sometime yeah. about it and try and unravel it a little bit. Um, because I put no value on money other than the fact that it allows you to do the things that you want, the art you want to pursue. Yes. <laughs> the art you want to pursue in terms of food building, redlocks, whatever oh, it is. Yes. Yeah. Dude, I'm, I feel like I'm on crazy pills lately in when it comes to conversations with, around whiskey specifically. When you, you, This is just triggered by you talking about how you think about money. I feel like so often... In the conversation about whiskey, 
I see people having an opinion about what's in the bottle before they've even tasted it. I can't tell you how many times someone I've met tells me about how much the bottle cost as the first descriptor of the whiskey. Mm. And to me, I'm just like, I have no interest in that. The price point is important. You have to find that thing. And money is important in this world. But I totally relate to that when it comes to money just being... Um, it's a means to an a end. A means to an end. Like yeah. means to f- no, I mean, you know, you got to be able to pay the... Uh, the mortgage and all this, but I have a 1600 square foot house and you know, I mean, I'm so happy with it. They're going to take me out of it in a box. I hope not anytime soon. (laughs) soon. It is. Uh, But it's interesting when you talk about price and the brand and all of those things and status and whatnot. Uh, So I do charity events here at food building with nonprofits out Mm -hmm. in the marketplace. And I do this thing. It's a, uh, uh, a food and whiskey uh, tasting events. So we take all the foods from the building and we take some whiskeys, mm-hmm. including Red Locks, of course. And I do blind taste testings. The three I've done recently, there have been 84 participants of, in total yeah. of the three ones. Yeah. And I've done the, the blind whiskey tastings. And I'm certain if I took a new brand like Red Locks and put it out against, I won't name the other whiskeys I do it against, uh, uh, but of course you do I'm that pretty sure we actually won out. Yeah. And they're both priced. The other ones are priced minimum of $7 above what we're at. One significantly above that. And we've won out 82% of the time. So we've won 82% of the votes. Now, I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying anything yeah. one way or the other, but you're correct about how people put a value and what it is that it says maybe about yeah. themselves or whatever yes. else it is. But I love that idea of saying, don't tell me, just let me taste it. Just let me, whatever it is, let me hear the music. Yes. Let me test the product. Yes. Let me try the, the whiskey, try the food, try the thing. And then I'm going to make up my own personal opinion on it. I love that. Uh, my new gift giving, uh, thing I just started doing recently with friends is, uh, you know, like for like a birthday, a buddy of mine has a birthday. I'm going to give him a bottle of whiskey. Well, my new thing is I get a bottle of whiskey that I think they're, cause I know their taste. I'm get one that I think they're going to like, but I take it out and I put it in a different bottle and I, I strip the late. <laughs> so I strip the label off of it and then I just print a new label and yeah. I just say the bare information and I put like a picture of them on it and I go, I say, okay, this is a scotch. And it's from the Highlands and it's this percentage, you know, it's like, so you know, kind of, you can expect what you get, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. Just enjoy this. And I feel like I see it free people from like, from putting any other things that are outside, just what's in this glass. It just frees you. Boy, I'm going to talk with Alex, our brand director about how do you, how do you take, because I'm really interested in that from a just, uh, uh, just, how people think about um, yeah. uh, brands and about different stuff because uh, that's fascinating because then it becomes more about the actual, in this case, whiskey, the liquid. Yes. And that's why I love one of my favorite bars in the world is McSorley's uh, in, <laughs> in New York. Yeah, oh, I've been to it, yeah. It's sawdust and... Oh, uh, it's the greatest. And it's, Darker light. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I just love that you walk in and you have two options, light beer or dark beer. Yeah. And it takes away your, your options. So you'd think 
that this bar would be not as enjoyable as other bars because you don't have as many options because we think options are what we want. And you, but like, then you get to care about what you're really there for and you get to think about the conversation. You don't worry about your waiting experience because you're just gonna have some more. I love that, like the Guinness thought, of like we were chatting with someone, it's like, what's it taste like? It tastes like more. It just tastes like more. More Guinness. The That's Guinness funny. tastes like more. And it yeah, just like allows you. for years. It has totally. a taste of more of it. It has a taste of more of it. No matter what it is. Could yeah. be a cup of tea. Yeah, could totally. Yeah. Red Lugs. It could be Guinness, whatever. It's got a taste Guinness. of more of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it. Well, of course, yeah, the, the pub, the public house, the egalitarian gathering spot um, is very uh, close to my heart. Not just because I was in the pub business, but because of really where I grew up in Ballyhonis in County Mayo. And it was, it's still, I have friends still there and we, it's a lot easier to communicate nowadays than when I left home 35 years ago uh, because of all the great advances from a technology standpoint. But that that pub experience, that feeling of, you know what, doesn't matter whether you walk in, in a, with a fancy tie on or you walk in with no shoes. It just, well, maybe they wouldn't let you in with shoes without shoes. Ah, they would in Ballyhorns. Yeah, 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 yeah. They would in Ballyhorns. <laughs> but that you go in, it's not really about... It's just about what's your contribution. It's not who you are, what you're wearing, what you're drinking. It's about what's your contribution to the conversation. And that, I think, is the, uh, I mean, is the heart of really the public house. Yes. You know. Have you put a lot of thought into that, like, personally? Like, like for me, I've, I've read a ton of self-help books and thinking about, even doing this podcast, <laughs> think about how I talk, think about how, I've, how I'm building rapport with oh. someone. Do you think about that, or do you, is it just natural for you? You're just like, I'm fully myself, I'm here. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I would fall? give you a bit of advice. Throw out the books. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just about I to, yeah, yeah. Because, you yeah. know what, just be, just be who you are. You yeah. Know? I mean, we can all improve on things about who we are. But I would always think about things about how do I better um, see people and, mm -hmm. and, and support people or encourage people or whatever else it is and always think about how do you look somebody in the yeah. eye or how do you shake their hand or say their name yeah. or something like that so that, you know, that there is an energy about that. That I believe in. But you really at the end of the day, I mean, just, yourself treat people well help you can never go wrong yeah i yeah i would um yeah i wouldn't worry too much about all that oh, i love that because i've been thinking with this podcast a lot you know the whole thing is about curiosity and living a, what does it mean to live a curious life is this yeah. thing i'm trying to defend from, define for myself and it's really easy for me to get in my head and think about the definition the words of it okay well how did i put that in the words what does that look like and of course i'm on a freaking podcast, so it, the yeah. words matter. But I, I really like, and I feel like this is, it seems like a theme with you, like I like that thought of let your action, like how you hold yourself, is it, that is like the brand, like what we do, even you said earlier, how you want you want to be someone in the community that's, uh, that's helping uh, other people start things, encouraging people to give stuff a shot and follow their ideas and support them. Focus on your actions first. Yeah. And well, the great thing about curiosity is, uh, for me, uh, just this is how I view it, is it takes you completely outside of yourself and you're more focused on other people and other situations. And as a result of that, there's something that goes in tandem with that, which is you get 
to develop empathy. So yeah. See, and so if you're curious about, if I'm curious about you and, uh, and your journey in life, uh, and I learn more about that, I also get the opportunity to have empathy about your situation and your life. And uh, that then bounces back. Yes. It bounces back and then you get to think about, okay, how does that influence how I look at my life and uh, how I act? Oh my gosh. And that, speaking of bouncing back, that literally is goes back to the very beginning part of our conversation about when I'm asking you, like, why, like, you're meeting with people, you're doing all these things to help, like, uh, mentor if someone reaches out to you. And the first thing you said in this was, well, it's not always altruistic. I mean, it's all, it benefits everybody. It benefits me by doing this yeah, and yeah. surrounding myself by people yeah. that are doing things. We all benefit. If you're focusing on yourself and, like, you're focusing on, like, getting your stuff, your shit together, the 95% inward focus that you're talking about, that benefits everybody. And also, if you help, if you can help someone any other way, that's also going to benefit you in the long run. Yeah. It's like it's all connected. Mm. I love that. You've been listening to Rob Morgan is a Curious Person. Nothing you've heard in today's episode reflects the opinions or beliefs of Guinness, Curious Endeavours, the Republic of Ireland, or anyone living or dead. Quite frankly, those who said it have probably already changed their minds, and we offer you the most sincere apologies on their behalf. Rob Morgan is an internationally touring bassist on a journey to discover what it means to live a curious life. At thecuriouspod.com, you'll find an archive of conversations recorded all over the world, a map of recording locations, a weekly newsletter, and official podcast merchandise. Rob is recording a daily podcast where he's sharing insights into the creative journey and the secrets to living a curious life that he's discovered from over a decade of traveling the world with music. We here at Curious Endeavors have told him this is probably a mistake and he's an idiot to attempt it, but he won't budge. So that's where we're currently at. Visit thecuriouspod.com today or click the link in the show notes for more great crack. We hope you'll enjoy. <laughs>